Hello and welcome to the Gravel Ride Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dalton. This week's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the all-in-one daily drink to support better health and peak performance. Even with a balanced diet, it's difficult to cover all your nutritional bases. That's where Athletic Greens will help. Their daily drink is like nutritional insurance for your body that's delivered straight to your door. As you've probably heard me say before, I've been an Athletic Greens customer for the last two or three years, and I really view it as an important part of my overall diet, which frankly isn't the best. I know as a gravel cyclist, I often go deep, deep into the well on these event days or big virtual challenges that we've been hitting up this year, probably further than my fitness should probably allow. So I view it as super important to make sure I'm getting the right fuels into my body. And my diet, not always sufficing to get everything I need in there, but I feel like Athletic Greens, with its blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, really helps fill those gaps and make sure that I've got a good basis to kind of tackle these extreme adventures. The product is NSF certified for sport, which means they take their products seriously consistently testing and auditing it to ensure that what's on the label is actually in the pouch. This is actually what enables them to support USA Cycling and our top athletes going to the Olympics who also rely on athletic greens. So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, now's the perfect time to try athletic greens for yourself. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash the gravel ride to claim a special offer today. That's a free D3 K2 wellness bundle with your first purchase. So again, that's athleticgreens.com slash the gravel ride. This week on the podcast, I've got Ray George from Ohio and the Ohio Gravel Grinders group on Facebook and ohiogravelgrinders.com. One of the reasons I've always been so stoked about gravel riding is that it's so different in different parts of the country. And that's why the community element of gravel riding has been so critically important to its growth. If it wasn't like groups like the Ohio Gravel Grinders, people would have a hard time figuring out where to ride in their location. So I was stoked when Ray agreed to come on board because I think it's a great template for how to use the community to drive a knowledge base forward about your local terrain. Ray started out with some friends with a simple Facebook group that grew to, I think, over 3,000 members. He later created a website, ohiogravelgrinders.com, to capture all the events and routes that they have going on. And he's really become an indispensable one-stop shop for gravel cycling information for the state of Ohio, which I thought was really cool. And I'm hoping that by giving this a listen, if you haven't seen one of these groups in your area, just go ahead and start it. Throw up a Facebook group, takes a few minutes to get it started, and you'll see and be amazed at how quickly it'll grow and how much valuable information can be shared locally amongst your fellow gravel riders. So let's just jump right into my conversation with Ray. Ray, welcome to the show. Hey, Craig, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you. You know, one of the reasons I've been so excited about gravel cycling for so many years is that it's been fascinating to me how so many people around the world experience gravel in so many different ways. So when you reached out and I saw that you were in Ohio, I thought, wow, this is a great way to get some insight as to what gravel is like in Ohio. So thanks for joining the podcast this week. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I appreciate you having me on, and, and it's always fun to talk about the Ohio Gravel Grinders and, and 
the resources that we have. Yeah, let's start off by learning a little bit more about you and your cycling background and specifically how you found yourself riding gravel. So I grew up in the Ohio Valley. Uh, I was born in West Virginia, went to college in West Virginia, and then after college moved back to the Ohio Valley, Wheeling, West Virginia area. And um, I rode road for uh, years. I my boss actually at the time at an ad agency got me back into riding road. Um, and the bike shop, you know, is, was, is always a great place to go hang out. And, um, Andy Wallen at the bike shop that I would hang out, he, he has since retired. Uh, he said, Hey, this cool bike's coming out. You should take a look at it. Um, it, it gives you some more capabilities. And it was a Le Mans pop rad and it was, uh, bright orange. I love orange bikes and it had disc brakes. I'd never had a bike with disc brakes. It was uh, mechanical disc brakes. And I, I bought one and we started riding with friends, uh, in Ohio County and just roads that were, you know, up the ridge or, um, through the valleys that were gravel and it was fun. And we started doing those rides in, in at night and I had purchased lights from Andy and I had actually bought light in motion, some headlights that were super bright and it actually freaked out cars as we were dri- riding around in the back country, they would pull over, um, for us as we passed and, uh, it was a blast. So we would ride in the cold or ride, you know, whenever. And, um, then we moved to Columbus. My wife, uh, wanted to be a law librarian. So we quit our jobs and we sold our house and moved to the, the Columbus area. I live in uh, Blacklick, uh, which is out on out east uh, of downtown. And I again, I kind of got back into road riding. And there's a lot, there's a big uh, road cycling community in in Columbus. Uh, Columbus Outdoor Pursuits puts on a, a classic uh, tour in the spring that would uh, you ride from Columbus to Portsmouth and back uh, over a weekend. It's uh, over 200 miles round trip. And we would go down and camp. And over time, you know, we we did all the road stuff. And um, my friend Tim came up with the route and said, hey, would you want to go down into the, the Hocking Hills area, which is to the southeast of Columbus? And he said, this is a different route. It's got gravel on it. And um, I was intrigued, and we all were. And so we went and rode it. And uh, that was uh, our first like unofficial gravel ride. And uh, that was uh, in 2011 and 2012, we had our first organized gravel grinder uh, in January 2012 uh, in the Mohican area. Amazing. So you've been doing this for quite a while as far as the gravel cycling community has um you know, has been around in earnest, although obviously people have been riding road bikes on gravels for decades and decades. But you went a step further to start organizing events and organizing groups and kind of just bringing the Ohio gravel community together. That takes a lot of sort of additional motivation beyond just loving to ride the bike. Can you talk about what the process was of kind of wanting to put energy into bringing the community together? So we were doing the, the rides, you know, our friends and, and the, the group was, I don't know, 10 to 20 people that would, you know, come in and out of the group and ride on the weekends. And uh, on one particular ride when we were we were coming back uh, to um, 
ending the ride, we had I, I kind of like threw out, you know, hey, we should create a Facebook group and and get uh, more people involved in this. You know, it's fun and we can we've got some routes. Uh, Tim Christie, who, like I said, had done the first route for us. He was developing a library of routes. And, and so we had some um, and I created a Facebook group and it, that was in January 2013. And it was was you know it it was a slow build of that um over time the group has grown um you know in the in the seven years we're almost i think at 3300 members of the facebook group now that's really interesting i mean i have my misgivings about facebook as a platform but i definitely use it but i have to say as far as sort of the ease of bringing people together and the ability and tools facebook provides for people to communicate and post things and share their knowledge. It really is a valuable platform. That actually made it easy. I mean, the the Facebook group, you know, you, at first uh, when we were smaller, you could create an event and hundreds of people could be invited to the to the event. And then slowly they've changed the policies where you can't really do that. Uh, it's now you can invite your friends. Um, I've even joked said, look, everybody can friend me, and then I'll just invite everybody to the to the uh, events. But um, that kind of, you know, led to later on, you know, the same misgivings that you have for Facebook. I, I also, as a platform, you know, I, I'm in marketing. And, and if you don't control the, the, the content, you kind of lo- you could lose that content. And, and my fear has always been that the, a Facebook group could just go away. You know, we see social media come and go. There's been many platforms through the years. And so that was, that actually kind of drove the, the the process for developing the website. Through the years on the rides, I would take pictures of the stuff that we were doing. I like to take pictures of other people riding. I think people like to see themselves on a bike when you're you know when you're moving. It's action shots or you know vistas, standing up on top of a ridge, and 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 so documenting that was pretty easy. And so when we launched the site. Uh, we had a whole library of photos and recaps. I would write up a little recap and, and post it. Uh, so we had that content. So it was very easy and, and logical. Yeah, it's so valuable. The OhioGravelGrinders.com site is a great effort for anybody listening who's looking for rides and routes in that area. And just general information, I, I love that you've kind of thrown a Gravel 101 up there for people to look at. And I, I love... I think it's so important to see routes when you're first getting into the sport because there's a lot of confusion when you're on these farm roads, whether maybe it goes through or it doesn't go through. And just to have those routes laid out for you, I think is a real true benefit to Ohio cyclists. We it, it's funny you say that, and we just we're, we're tweaking the routes constantly because we we we're finding you know some routes that were done years ago stuff changes and access changes and we had somewhere there was questionable double track and so we've adjusted around it recently and 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 the same goes for you know the gravel 101 the, there's a there's we've seen a lot of people look to gravel recently uh because of road riding and the just the hazards of distracted drivers and 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 everybody knows a cyclist a, a friend who cycles who's been hit who's been in an accident and it, and it does actually bring, you know, to, it's always in the back of your mind. And so, you know, we're, we, we get those comments 
from people who want to who are coming out to ride gravel. We don't see very many automobiles or trucks on on the routes that we're doing. And you know, the the group the group's routes have evolved as well. We used to say, uh, you know, one of the beginner routes was in the Sayada Trail State Park, and slowly we learned that you know it was it was um, it was good for us to get out there and ride those. We rode it a number of times, and we always considered it a beginner route because there was not a lot of traffic and the gravel is pretty well crushed down, and and it's in some sections it's almost like riding on a paved road, but it's still gravel. But the we learned, you know taking somebody out for a beginner ride was a completely different experience. And over time, as more people have scouted routes, we've introduced a number of routes that are actually really even more beginner than the gravel grinding 101 route. And and so I, I hope that, you know, as people are dabbling in gravel and they want to see it, to, to try it out, that they look at the, the beginner-friendly Ohio gravel routes. We have um, six of them on the site, and I think there's a couple more that we I need to add to it. Yeah, that's super important. I'm I'm absolutely guilty of that myself, just kind of thinking that this is a, a more basic route than it actually is and realizing after the fact that I've taken a beginner rider on something that's just over their head technically. Here in Marin County, it's so up and down. It's very difficult if you're not willing to climb a hill to take someone out on a route. And a lot of times our routes get technical because of the steepness on the descents. So I I tend to sort of take people up the dirt climbs and encourage them to go down on the road just as they're getting their sea legs underneath them. Yeah, we, so the, 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 you know, the side of trail state park routes, you know, would put somebody out in a roughly a 30 mile, 33 mile loop that they could choose parts of it too. They could cut off sections of it. But it was roughly our rule of thumb in Ohio. I don't know what it is in California, but our rule of thumb is 100 feet per mile of climbing. So um, 10 miles, you're going to get around 1,000 feet. Uh, and that's pretty consistent with many of our routes. With the beginner routes the, that we've we've kind of pushed out um, as really the beginner routes before the side of trail, uh, one in particular, like Homer Gravel, it starts in the little town of Homer. It's it's 30 miles and it's only 1,100 feet roughly of climbing. Um, we use ride with GPS, and I know that there's a little some discrepancies in in um, the true accuracy of that reported uh, climbing that you get. And we always tell people plus it up around 20 percent, but that's still a pretty flat route compared to most of the other stuff that we do. Uh, but it's easy and it's fun, and we've been actually kind of pushing it lately because. Uh, on that route, you ride past uh, a farm that has a really friendly uh, donkey named Penelope, and Penelope loves cyclists because we bring carrots and 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 uh, other foods, and <laughs> Penelope will run out and bray and hee haw and kick and because she's super excited to see people and it's great. So she's kind of become a celebrity. That's fantastic. You know, for our international listeners and maybe for some West coasters, just to put Ohio in perspective, you're to the West of Pennsylvania and the North of West Virginia and Kentucky and the East of Indianapolis, Indiana, and just below Michigan in the United States. And I was fascinated actually by what you said about how much elevation you're gaining on kind of your, the typical rides you'd go out for, because it's quite a bit more and quite a bit hillier than I kind of had in my head that Ohio might be. Right. There's a misconception that, that Ohio is flat. I think Indiana's flat. 
you know, we have we have we have glacial um, created hills. We have we're in the foothills of the Appalachians yep. or Appalachians, as somebody has corrected me on. And, um, you know, we're not as we're not going to have as much elevation as you you would have if you go to West Virginia. You know, we've we've got some routes in West Virginia as well on our, our site. We've um, we travel. And so we add on multiple states when we get to do that. And we have a gravel, uh, a, a bike packing route in West Virginia that's 210 miles and it's roughly, you know, 20,000 feet of climbing. And it goes through the best of um, the sites of West Virginia in the center and goes through some some serious climbing. Um, there's a four mile, 2000 foot climb to get you up to a plateau um, at, in the Dolly Sods area. But now we're we're not flat. Um, it actually is hilly all the way up to to Lake Erie. Uh, the Cleveland area has small ski resorts in the hills. So they because of the lake effect snows, they actually can have small ski areas. Um, but through, you know, the, the most of the gravel in Ohio is going to be from Lake Erie, the Ashtabula area down the eastern side of the state. And it kind of curves around past the Shawnee State Park area and, and kind of peters out around Cincinnati. And that's kind of the joke. Um, you'll see that in our frequently asked questions is, is there gravel in Cincinnati? And the, the resounding answer is, is no, there is not, unfortunately. <laughs> and people are always sad. We always get that question in the Facebook group, you know, so there'll be a, the number one question is, is, I live in Cincinnati, including northern Kentucky, no winter I gravel. Are there any gravel routes? And it's no. Which so which direction would you would you encourage them to go to to find the best gravel if you're living in Cincinnati? So the closest is most likely going to be the Indiana Indiana routes that we have on, uh, and I'm sure there's some closer. Side of Trail State Park actually is not too far of a drive because you can you can take highway up there in the Shawnee area, uh, which is really it's on the Ohio River. It's it's, it's uh, due south uh, of Columbus, and it's um, so there's a lot of hills there and, um, and that's going to be the closest gravel. It's the same issue with Toledo. So the, the whole Western half of, of Ohio is paved. There's very little gravel. And what we say is, is, you know, Michigan is, has a lot of gravel. There's a lot of gravel up there. Right. We touched on this a little bit, but you know, if we could characterize the Ohio gravel, the type of gravel road that you're on, how would you describe what the routes typically entail? So it it varies. You're going to see a mix of farmland. There's a lot of Amish living in Ohio. So some of the routes are going to go through, you know, where they're living and, and where you're not going to see a lot of cars, a lot of state forest. But it's it is a mix. It, it is a wide range of side of trail state park could be crushed down almost to like a smooth road to in the Tar Hollow area, which is another park, we have what we would call adventure routes. And those adventure routes are gonna include hike a bike. We so the the beauty of having all these the the routes and ride and the the recaps is we show photos and videos of it. And and you know those the Tar Hollow route has you're riding in streams and you're hike a biking up what would be uh you know atv or or jeep trails 
that is definitely going to be a hike a bike because I, you know we've seen some of the stronger riders try to ride up that stuff and they can't. Um, but people kind of know what they're getting into. We we kind of bucket those. Right. That's awesome that you do that. I also noted that there's an Ohio gravel race series as well. I mean, I assume it's been postponed or at least reconfigured this year. But does that bring you all over the state, or is that more in that um, eastern and southern part of the state as well? Well, it's gonna it's gonna always be in where the areas of gravel are. But we the so I don't organize the uh, the OGRS the Ohio gravel race series. We um, Jay Clips actually puts on the Black Fork gravel grinder. And we had been in discussion about trying to incorporate, you know, and, and publicize that OGRS series um, on the Ohio Gravel Grinders website for more traffic uh, for both. You know, so people would come and see, hey, here's a race series. Oh, hey, here's some routes that you could go and ride to train on. And and everything that's in the race series, you can pretty much find, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's available to, to go ride it before. And um, most of the races were postponed or canceled because of COVID. Uh, the Black Fork actually got pushed to, was canceled and pushed next year. Um, GPS 100's a race that I'm kind of helping out with. Uh, it's That is inside a trail state park. It's kind of an adventure race. And the Roger ride on Jeremy's ride is actually coming up in actually this weekend, I think. And there was a ride last week. Um, so only a few, I think two or three actually uh, have been put on uh, with obviously adjustments because of COVID. Uh, there's roughly eight races in this a year. They do shift uh, and there may be more, you know, going forward um, with the, you know, the popularity of gravel. Yeah, I feel like 2020 was just, you know, it was supposed to, we were all exposed to experience this explosion of gravel events and it was going to take it to the big time. So it's been, it'll be interesting to see what happens for next year. It's so frustrating to be in the planning process of anything right now, given all the unknowns that are in front of us. It is tough to predict. Um, even in my own job, you know, I, I we, we have a major event and it went virtual this year and I believe we're already in talks of making that virtual. It's usually an in-person 500 to 600 people event. And I think that we're going to end up having it as virtual as well. So it, it's, it is in flux and it's, you know, we'll have to see as, as everything unfolds, um, you know, over winter. That's what I love about efforts like yours with the Ohio gravel grinders, just putting all this information out there. So riders can find their own adventures. Um, and make sure they're having a f- sort of fulfilling season, even in the absence of these events. Yeah, so we we actually made one of our events. The we do a fall uh, kind of like a leaf peeping ride down in the Shawnee State Park area. It's actually sponsored by Kenda. Kenda Tires is located here in Columbus, and we ride with those guys, and and they support a lot of people across the country, and they've focused on Ohio, and so they they actually underwrite our website. And, um, they, we, we do a couple of events, um, you know, we call it powered by them. And so the, the Shawnee ride, which is the, we usually do it in like the second or third weekend in October, um, we get 50 to 60 people to come down and, and ride at their pace, whatever pace they want. Um, I ride slow. There's other people who ride really fast and, um, we stop for lunch or make coffee sometimes and, and goof off. But, um, 
that ride is virtual for the entire month of October. We put the routes out there and said, you know what, have at it, go and ride whenever you want to and, and have fun. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I've participated in a number of virtual events this year. My biggest challenge is finding the time. If there's not a specific day that something needs to happen, then I tend to struggle a little bit because I don't have it on my calendar. I'm like, oh, I need to squeeze in this big ride, but I can't seem to find the time. So I, I kind of like the ones that are on a set date. Yeah, I we had talked about it, but I think that, you know, giving somebody a whole month, uh, We've, we've had other ones do that. Other events in Ohio actually say, look, you know, at some point uh, in that month, go out there and do it and, and, and have fun and be safe. And, you know, I, I think it's still we're still getting a, a lot of people riding. The traffic to the website has increased exponentially. Uh, we launched it in late 2018. Uh, 2019 was obviously the first full year of, of data and uh, I think we're like 60% year over year and page view increase uh, so that we're getting tons and tons of traffic. That's awesome. Well, as you said early on, it's just more and more people are discovering this type of riding and how liberating it can be to get off the roads. I mean, even in those easy rides, you know, you can get a, a, um, a basic gravel bike with a little bit of tire clearance and get out there and just enjoy some peace and quiet. Yeah. We, I mean, we, you say, you know, you say get a basic, uh, gravel bike and we, that's always a debate too, you know, is what is a gravel bike? And, and we, it's what I, we basically say, ride what you brought. I mean, we have a lot of people with mountain bikes. I ride a Fargo with big tires. We get, we have people who show up on skinny tire bikes. And if they feel comfortable on that, um, I say more power to them. The, um, you know, the, in addition to the website, we we actually really rely on the Ride with GPS platform. That actually has given us the ability to consolidate everything into one platform that has an app for for both you know Android and Apple, and um, that's kind of been a godsend to managing a vast group of of routes in one spot. We had a a group for, and now we have a club account. And one of the local bike shops supports us by underwriting that as well. So Paradise Garage in Columbus actually picks up the tab for the year for the for that uh, club account. And uh, we're looking to actually expand that as well. There's some nice tools that are available in the tourism account to aggregate that, like the maps on the or all the all the routes on the one map, which I'm hoping to expand to that soon uh, in the next month. I agree with you. Ride with GPS. It's been this, it's just sort of a really refreshing effort by the people involved in that business. The way they can represent groups of rides so you can get an overview of sort of everything going on in Ohio. I've got a few of, I've got a few collections of my favorite Marin rides that I've put together. And it's really cool seeing that I've got close to 500 miles of routes mapped right from my doorstep. That's, that's one of the, the complaints too is, you know, you live in a metro area like Columbus, and somebody will say, "I need gravel within 30 minute drive," and it's and it's like 30 minutes will get you to the suburbs, you know, and it's it's 45 minutes maybe to an hour will get you to gravel. So there's no, we don't have you know the the gravel right out the door experience like you may have out west and in Colorado and other states. So most of our stuff, unless you're living out east of Columbus. Most of us are driving to that to to get to that route uh, to you know the start point. 
Which I think underscores the importance of GPS technology and having routes that you can load into your computer so you can get there and not have a hundred questions at every corner that really slow you down and just be able to ride and have those adventures that are a couple miles away from your home and, and be confident. Yeah. So that, that actually is one of the nice things of the club account that, um, I can't underscore this. I can't say it enough is when you, when you join the club account, and this is any club account with the ride with GPS does basically it's underwritten so that whoever the club is paying for, Anybody who joins that club gets access to the routes with advanced features for free. So they don't actually have to be a paid Ride with GPS member. They just have to download the app and create an account, join the club, whatever club that is. Any of the routes that they download from that particular club, it gives advanced turn route, uh, turn notice. If you use the app, it actually does the turn by turn, which you normally would have to pay for. And you can do cue sheets and print them as PDFs. And there's there's a number of free features. And that's that was one of the reasons why I pursued, you know, the, the club account for us because of that. It basically makes it free for anybody who wants to use OGG routes to get those nice features and go out and actually have that adventure on their own. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been meaning to do an episode with the team at ride with GPS. Cause I just think it's so interesting and it's something that frankly, like I didn't start looking at until maybe the end of last year. So it, it might be sort of an under marketed resource in our community. Yeah, no, it's we've, I've had an account with them, I think for eight years wow. and I was probably an early adopter for the, for them. Tim who did the routes was even earlier than me. And it's cool because as a club account, we get to see the ID numbers. And I think there were people who were like literally early adopters who are part of our club account that they show you the member IDs. They're, right. they're in the, you know, really low numbers, which was kind of cool to see. But That's yeah, super cool to see. Those guys, I've talked to them because, you know, when you're setting up these accounts, you get to talk to, um, I talked to Alex Gay over there and he um, walked me through everything on it. And, and I'm still in talks with him about doing the tourism account. But no, those guys, I think that uh, they're somewhat grassroots, but they, you know, they're not corporate. They want to they want to create a product that really is driven by user uh, input. And and I I like it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, every interaction I've had, it's clear that they 100 percent put the user first which is amazing. Well, Ray, I appreciate you joining us on the podcast and I encourage listeners to check out the Ohio Gravel Grinders Facebook page and the ohiogravelgrinders.com website and use it as a template for your community. I can't, it always starts with one person who's just sort of puts a flag up there and you'd be surprised as Ray has kind of described to us that people just flock to it and with a little bit of energy harnessed in the right direction, all of a sudden you have this amazing resource for an entire state. So Ray, hats off for all the work you do. It's super important in our community that people like you are out there mapping rides for others to get other people involved in the sport. Thanks. I will I will say this is a group effort. Uh, I'm not going to take all the credit. We have a lot of people who reach out to us because this resource has been created. So people say, Hey, I've got these routes in this certain area that you don't normally ride in, which we really do appreciate. And there are on the website at ohiogravelgrinders.com. If you're in Ohio and you've got some routes that you don't see on there, shoot us a message through the, through the form that's on the site uh, or, or post it into the group. 
the group, of course, on Facebook is free. Just Google or search, not Google, search on Facebook for How Gravel Grinders. You'll find us. We're also on Instagram. We're also um, on Twitter occasionally. Um, but yeah, we're out there and we're always looking for new routes. I think we have about 200 Ohio routes now that are documented. I think there's pro- got to be another couple hundred more that we haven't touched upon because we're not riding in every area um, that has gravel. Right on. Thanks again, Ray. Thank you. So big thanks to Ray and the rest of the team at Ohio Gravel Grinders. That community has really proven that social media can be a great tool in generating trail knowledge and just sharing information about local riding scenes. And thanks so much to you guys for joining me this week. And thanks to everybody who's visited buymeacoffee.com slash the gravel ride to check out some of the membership program options that I'm throwing out there. Your support means the world to me. And I'm trying to get this podcast to a level that's just sustainable in the long term so we can continue to invest in it and not come so far out of pocket each week and each month. So thank you for all the effort going over there to buymeacoffee.com slash the gravel ride. And thank you also to anybody who's taken the moment to give me a rating or review. It's surprising, but those ratings or reviews really help in finding new listeners to the podcast. So a little bit of effort at no cost to you really goes a long way in finding new listeners around the world. So that's it for this week. Until next time, here's to finding some dirt under your wheels.